Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Michelle Wilcock-Mattis. She is Vice President, National Sales at Joint Venture Pay. We're going to talk to her about the world of payments inside cannabis, inside hemp, Obviously, a fairly difficult (laughs) part of the industry. I think, as most people know, a lot of the banking issues and the federal legal status of cannabis make a lot of these services, which are fairly kind of normal course of business for most industries, uh, not fairly normal in cannabis and can be quite frustrating, can actually be quite painful for a lot of businesses and, and sometimes existential threats to their <laughs> to their future. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history of this, where it is now, what really is available to cannabis and hemp companies, and then you know maybe where we're going, what some of the hopefully changes we're seeing in legislation, in banking reform that might alleviate or change some of this and where we might be going in the future. So with that, Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And yeah, it's it's a fun topic. It's what gives me gray hairs, all the changes and all the <laughs> rules and regs that change by the hour sometimes. So Yeah, and by the state and by the county. 
the state, the county, this one does that. Oh, you can't do that here today, but you did it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh, wait, the mercury is in retrograde. Like, we can't do that right now. Yeah, and what's Delta 8 again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. We'll talk about that, too. Oh, my gosh. So before we kind of dive into all this here, let's just get a little bit of your background. How did you get into payment processing? How did you get into cannabis? Give us the story. I got into payment processing with our parent company about, wow, five, six years ago now. I have a varied sales background. I've sold everything from pixie dust from Tinkerbell and to toilet paper, but um, found my home with payment processing and I was doing that for a couple of years. And then we started getting a ton of requests from the hemp and the cannabis industry. Our, our corporate headquarters at the time were in California. They don't do any cannabis out in California, not at all. Mm-mm. And uh, <laughs> the, is the facetiousness coming out? Yeah, exactly. uh, we'll flag it in the, in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were getting a ton of requests. And I got a phone call from my older sister. Because you know you always have to rise to the challenge of an older sister. Um, we were traditionally <laughs> low risk in the company. And she's like, I have this friend who's opening a dispensary in Vermont. And she can't find a bank account or payment processing. And I gave her your number. I'm like, okay. Not having any idea what I was about to embark into. Because, <laughs> you know, again, you got to take that challenge from your older sister. Ignorant so bliss. I yeah. called the company owners. I'm like, can we do this? And our, our company, they, they're like, absolutely not. We are not touching that with a 10-foot pole. No. Uh-huh. Are, do you have any idea what Pandora's box you're about to open? I'm like, okay. And that was on a Thursday. And Friday, I got a phone call. Um, we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, what happened? Yeah, what did happen? Yeah, the owner was driving to an appointment that canceled and she was driving past the dispensary. So she went to the dispensary and how, how she didn't get in trouble, we reported to the police. I have no idea. But she stood outside the doors as people were leaving and she walked up to them with a clipboard and said, so what brought you here today and what'd you get? And yeah, why? Exactly. She lasted about half an hour and the phone call that I had gotten was, um, we're helping this industry any way we can. And I didn't make it through the half hour without not wanting to cry. And we need to help these people. Yeah. She goes, we're going to meet Monday morning and we're going to figure out a company name and we're going to go from there. Okay. Monday morning we start off and she goes, I, I was so excited. I was thinking about it all weekend and we're going to be joint venture pay and we're going to move forward. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, did you get a couple joints? And is that why we're called that? And she yes. had, yeah. She's like, what? And so joint venture pay was born. She had no idea. She's like, no, I really want it to be a joint venture with these people. And we really yeah. need to grow. I'm like, okay. So we have a lot of fun on the side of the business. Oh, I can uh, imagine. You got to in this industry. Because otherwise, um, like I said, I have gray hairs from this industry. I'd be totally mm-hmm. white if I didn't have fun. So, yeah. but that's how we started getting into it. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And did a lot, a lot of research. Things have definitely changed in the last four years since we came into it. Some good ways, some bad. But we got to have a thin skin and you got to be able to roll with the punches here or thick skin. And um, we've learned a lot and we've come up with a lot of resources for our clients and we've become more connectors. We started off in that payment processing aspect, but we realized our clients didn't have access to safe solutions when it came to banking or payment processing or XYZ. And we started collecting those resources for them to help them. along with that joint venture and we got to where we are today and uh, we have lots of different solutions we never rely on just one for our clients whether it be the hemp or the cannabis side we always have Mm -hmm. multiple solutions and then we have short-term business financing solutions and we have a network of accountants and lawyers and you know we we really become more connectors so that's how we got into it and where we're going so yeah 
What and, and just for folks that maybe are not as sort of intimately familiar with why this is such a problem for cannabis, like what comes into play when you start dealing with, you know, merchant accounts, payment processing from cannabis, like why why is this difficult? Like what is the challenge? Well, there's this little thing called the federal government. <laughs> and you know, probably never heard of it, but they um, have not made cannabis legal yet. They did make hemp, of course, legal um, a few years ago with the act, but there's a lot of gray still out in the market, even when it comes to hemp and CBD. Um, but cannabis is, you know, traditionally not legal in the federal sense. So when you have banks that are federally insured and have this little thing called an FDIC number, which happens to be their routing number for their bank, Mm -hmm. Um, they are a little bit nervous about putting that into jeopardy. So if you have a traditional bank that doesn't do their due diligence and, you know, gets caught with their pants down working on the side of the industry, they can have that number pulled, which basically leaves them dead in the water. They can't do any transactions in, out, themselves, their customers, what have you. So traditional banks have been a little bit nervous to do that. Things are changing. I wish the Safe Bank Act had gone through, but it hasn't yet. I keep praying for it to go. But even now, you do have banks that are starting to dip their toes in. But traditionally, they're very few and far between. They're very, very expensive because there's a ton of reporting that they have to do on a monthly basis to keep themselves out of trouble. And um, yeah, it's been a long, long road. When I we first started in this, I remember looking for a bank for a client just for hemp. And it took me three and a half hours of calling around and trying to find a bank for them that would work and accept a business hemp account, which I know I just did a payment processor trying to help a client find a bank account that's, you know, huge. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're a little different. So we were trying to help. And it really, that and a couple other instances brought to the forefront of why banking is so important to this industry and why we've collected them as we go. Um, We've made relationships with a lot of banks across the country and we refer our clients to them and we don't get paid anything on it. We'd rather have them have a safe bank account because it's the bedrock of their business. So, but yeah, it's, it's difficult even to this day to get a bank account, especially in certain states. New York state is about to launch into a recreational I know you being in Jersey, you probably hear the news over mm-hmm. the bridge. And there's not, I don't know of, personally, I would love to find out if there's one out there, please call me. Yeah. Um, I don't know of a bank in New York State that's willing to bank cannabis. There's only a couple yeah. that are willing to do hemp. So we're always on the lookout for new banks. We're always willing to uh, talk to them and partner with them. And there's a lot of reporting that has to be done. A lot of them, some good news on that front. There are banks that do it, do it well and do it correctly. And like I said, that reporting is expensive for them to do because it takes a staff. We work with one bank that they've already passed two federal audits and their head of their bank is a former head of the American Banking Association. So, you know, they're going to do it right. And people are really watching their bank to see how they do this because this is not going away. Cannabis is here to stay and banks need to figure out how to work with it in a safe way. And banks are notoriously, notoriously slow to change or take on a new market. It makes them nervous. If you ever watched the Mary Poppins movie where the kids went into the boardroom with all the old bank people, it's pretty accurate because banks are really, really slow to change. And they're very strict because they're farting your money and mine. Sometimes I wish they'd be a little more free on the cannabis and hemp side with it, but they're really, really careful about it. So you got to understand 
why they're doing it. They're trying to protect their bank and they're trying to, you know, their money. But at the same time, you wish they would into this century or at least into 2022. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, gamble a little bit on the future because it is coming. So you are yeah, seeing those things that are willing to, but they're coming a little bit more and more. Like I said, four or five years ago, we couldn't find one. And now I have a whole list of banks across the country that work in hemp and CBD and cannabis. So it's important to ask those questions too. And one of the questions we get asked, not so much anymore, but when we first started this, we would find that to start a payment processing account, you would have to turn in a voided check or a bank letter very often. And we learned to call the bank as, as you know, total strangers and say, hey, we're starting a business account and we're starting a CBD account or a CBD, CBD business or a cannabis business. Will you take the, the account? And nine times out of 10, we would find out that no, we don't allow those types of accounts at this bank. Yeah. So we would call the client back and say, okay, we need to find you a bank that will work because this endangers you and your business and your financial yeah. future. So it's come a long way though. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I mean, there's a lot of companies that for a while that were offering merchant services to cannabis companies, right? They were saying, Hey, we figured it out. Like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do your payment processing. You can take credit cards. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like what, like what was going on? Like how, like <laughs> What were they doing? <laughs> they were committing this little, you know, thing called bank fraud. Yeah. There was a rather large company out of California that got caught doing this this past spring. Um, mm-hmm. So when you go to apply for a bank account or payment processing, in that really tiny fine print that no one likes to read is the caveats of what the bank or the payment processing solution will and will not accept. And if you are caught not obeying those caveats, you can have your money seized. You can have your bank account shut down and it can lead to some other rather nasty side effects. But what was happening is you had really unethical payment processors. And I will be the first to admit, we joke about it in our company, that we come from the sleaziest industry there is. There is a scammer every time you turn around when it comes to payment processing and banking and things. But we like to joke we're the unicorns in the field of donkeys. We don't look good in federal orange, number one. And number two, we try to do it right and we try to help our clients. But these companies were literally signing up cannabis businesses for credit card processing, which Visa and MasterCard, none of them support and quite truthfully said no to. So then they would get caught and they would get shut down. There are a couple companies that are out there right now, even they've changed their business names a couple times, but they'll say, oh, we can set you up with credit card payment processing for your dispensary. And they get them set up for about six months. And the bank that was supporting that suddenly gets caught by Visa and MasterCard because chargebacks Um, When a customer disputes it, it's called a chargeback. Um, Chargebacks start coming to their attention that Jane's Flower Shop is really Jane's cannabis dispensary. (laughs) And then they would shut it down. And then the bank would get notified that if you don't shut the programs down, um, we're going to shut you down. And so they would get shut down. So, And then that same solution would set them up on another bank for another six months. So right now in the industry, because there's a lot of, whoa, I wish I could do this or we can do this or they do that there. And the only things that are feasible for a cannabis business are ACH, otherwise known as electronic check. And you can do that on a dot com or e-commerce mm-hmm. um, or if it's a dispensary or delivery or face to face transaction, they can do what's called point of banking, which involves a pin debit number. 
And um, even that right now, there's a ton of controversy (laughs) Um, because an article was released in December by a couple of the leading cannabis news lines that Visa is shutting it all down. So if you looked at the source material, first of all, Visa was talking about their network. They weren't going to allow transactions on their network, but they can't control any of the other networks in that system. So, and there's like at least 15 or 16 different networks that still support PIN, debit, and point of banking transactions. So we can do that. The other thing we always get asked is, well, if you put the money into an app and the dispensary can take it out, that's called money laundering. It's putting money into... (laughs) That's another bad thing. We're just getting worse here. (laughs) Yeah, no, we don't like that either. Like I said, orange is not my color. You know, you put money into something and it comes out the other end all clean, um, that's money laundering. So we don't encourage that either. Um, We (laughs) Yeah. Shy it upon. Yeah, Yeah. it's... You know, anything that endangers my ability to cook my own dinner and enjoy a glass of mama juice around a campfire in the summer, don't generally support. So, yeah. It's back to that, it's back to that orange problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back to that yeah. orange problem. I don't think they'll allow me mama juice in, in federal prison. So, yeah, yeah. not my thing. Yeah. But so those are the things that are allowed and some that aren't. But uh, that's the state of where we are with payment processing right now. And banking, like I said, can be hard to find. So it's. One of the reasons why payment processing is so hard to find for both industries, the cannabis and the hemp, is because there are only so many sponsoring banks. That's what you need to have a payment processing solution. And those sponsoring banks that are out there, um, there's only so many of them that are willing to work in what's either the elevated or high risk territories of banking and payment processing. So we're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. Yeah. And so when, when you're kind of working with folks or when someone calls you up and say, hey, you know, I've got a dispensary, I've got a chain of dispensaries, we're looking for solutions. Like, what are the first couple of questions you need to ask them to understand, like, what options are available to them or what the best solution might be? Like, what is, what is your kind of triage diagnosis process look like? <laughs> what are you selling exactly? <laughs> When you say flowers, yeah. do these have petals or are we talking glass jars? Yeah, <laughs> so it's amazing. We've, I've learned that there are parts of CBD and hemp and cannabis, and there are items that are sold out of these flowers and plants that I never even dreamed of doing oh, this. Yeah. Yeah. The entire first time someone mentioned a suppository to me, I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, well, I love. Our, we have a little joke that says, "If if there's a surface or a hole, we'll figure out how to get cannabis in it." Apparently, so um, <laughs> yeah. My my first question is, "What are you selling exactly, and mm-hmm. how are you selling it?" And then the next question is, "How do you want to grow?" Um, because we want to set them up for the most success moving forward. The other yeah. very important question I always ask is, "Does your bank know what you're doing?" Um, <laughs> Do you, a, do you have a license? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then B, does your bank know what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Having a license is all good, but does your bank know what you're doing? Because we don't want them getting shut down, and we want to make sure that their money is safe. And I'm going to bring up a very nasty word in the banking industry. It's called oh. the TMF list, or otherwise known as the match list. Um, I call it 
the banking industry's naughty list, like Santa has a naughty list, it's the banking yep. industry's naughty list. So you were talking about bank fraud and you know how these people were getting away with it. So if the banks for a payment processing solution find out that you're doing something against their little caveats that they all have in place, they have the ability and right to close your account, seize your money. That's always fun right there. But even more than that, they can put you on what's called the TMF list. And this is basically a really bad thing for anyone's social security's number that is tied to the business paperwork and anyone's social security numbers that are tied to theirs. So if there's a joint tax return between a spouse or someone, uh, yeah, and it locks them out of financial anything pretty much for about four years or more. It's a really, really nasty list. You're given a code as to why you're put on. And that locks you out of lines of credit, no mortgages, no car rental. Or and, is this, and is this, this is a, you get put on this for an infraction. I mean, how do you get put on this? So a bank can do it. A underwriting solution can put you on it. Um, it's for going against the bank's policies, basically. So if you sign up, for example. So if you breach, if you breach some kind of term that you've agreed to as part of a product. Yeah, it's the fine print that you need to get the really big microscope to read. Yeah. Um, if you don't read all that and it says, will not work with CBD, hemp, cannabis, what have yeah. you, or paraphernalia, or you yeah. know, an- ancillary. If it says that and you get caught, they can put you on this list because you've just committed bank fraud. And is there any recourse? Is there any kind of appeal or recourse? Or well, how does- I-, I tell people these things. First of all, find out what your code is and who put you on it. Yeah. Because that will give you a better understanding of why you were put on it and how. The second thing is to find a lawyer. Uh, There are lawyers that specialize in this. It might not be a bad idea to find one. Um, (laughs) Just saying. Uh, The third thing is pray really hard because it's really really hard to get off that list once you're on. Um, We Now, here's the other thing. When you're going to turn on payment processing again or when you're going to find a bank account and you've been put on that list, tell them that you've been put on that list and yeah. why. If I have a client that comes to me and says, hey, I've been put on the TMF list. This is my code. This is why I was put on it. And I can go to my supplier and say, okay, this is you know the case. I have a much better chance of getting that application through than I do without telling them. And then they come back to me and say, you didn't tell us this and we're not working with yeah, them. Because, like a disclosure. Yeah. yeah. So Full disclosure is always, I mean, I have people that are, I have clients right now, some rather large clients that are on the TMF list just because of the nature of the, and the history of this industry. And I found them bank accounts and I found them payment processing, credit card processing solutions. Now, are they, I mean, mean, do they pay higher fees and stuff or what's the, like, what's the trade-off? Well, there's always a higher fee when it comes to (laughs) cannabis and hemp. Yeah, no, they they don't pay any higher. Extra, extra higher fees. No, they don't. They actually, I, I have yeah. them in on the same rates. Again, we're weird. You know, as a payment processing company, we'll try to keep your rate as low as possible. And I actually love, it's one of my favorite things to do. I actually love lowering my clients' rates. I know I'm strange. But yeah, no, they, they're on regular, what I call regular, uh, you know, high-risk solutions. And they're paying just as much as the next person that, you know, has an account like theirs would. So, um, but that's not always the case with all payment processors. Some would charge them more but yeah. we choose not to do so. And yeah, they're doing well and make, getting paid and making money and it's all good for them. So, yeah. But yeah. tell us, please, please tell us. Yeah. 
So you mentioned sort of you ask about the future of the business and, and how they plan on growing and expanding. Like what are some of the considerations that you're looking at around growth? Yeah. So, for example, we have a client that just started a dispensary in Michigan and they wanted to have two terminals for their store and that's all they needed to start up. They wanted money to come rolling in before they did anything else or did any bells and whistles and things. New business, you know, let's get everything in place. And one of the things I knew from having those initial conversations was that was only phase one. So phase two is that they're going to start a delivery system or delivery service. Got it. Yay. So they need to have terminals that can go outside their four walls and take payments at the doors of their customers when they're doing the delivery. So um, I need to know that to figure out, you know, should I put you on a corded terminal, which is really the least expensive option? Or do you want to be able to move around the store? Do you see yourself doing delivery? Do you see yourself opening up multiple channels that might, you know, affect us to some of the gateways that we might use for you or inventory control and things like that? So we can help with that if we know those questions. So it really depends on where the customer wants to go because we want our customers to grow. We want them to, no pun intended in this industry, um, but we want them to grow and do well and succeed. And I tell my customers, I'm like, go sell something, go fly high, you're going to do great. And I want them to do so. So we want to set them up for success. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. We, we love, we love puns on this, uh, on this podcast. Um, <laughs> There's so many of them. You could do oh yeah. We can, we can, we can do a whole episode just on puns. Um, <laughs> And how is this industry kind of playing out at this point, right? I mean, we've got Safe Banking Act, we've got federal legalization. Like, how, like, what, like, what are you kind of watching? What, how are things going to change? What do companies need to kind of think about, plan for, you know, as this industry matures and, and morphs? I know that everyone is waiting with bated breath, myself included, yeah. for the Safe Bank Act to go through. Can't wait until it gets passed. Yeah. And the same hand, there are people waiting in line, and I can't imagine the party that's going to happen when cannabis finally goes federally legal. Yeah. So here's the non-popular, as I see it, response. <laughs> this is not going to be popular with some people. Even if the Safe Bank Act passes, for example, tomorrow, okay, things are not going to change in the banking side of things for a short while. Not long, but short while. And the reason being is, again, remember that whole boardroom of old stodgy bank people that don't want to change? Yep. They're going to make sure that they know every nuance of not only the act, but of all the laws. Because, you know, there's no such thing as identical cannabis or hemp or CBD laws in this country. They're going to want to make sure that they know all of those before they move forward because they judge things as um, a risk factor. You know, how much risk are we putting our bank into if we do this with this caveat type of thing? So they will make sure that they have all their ducks in a row before the individual banks start pulling the trigger on those. And the same thing with cannabis, because just because it's federally legal does not mean that all states have to follow along with it. I mean, you still have a couple holdouts on hemp and CBD now in this country still. Yeah. And then, again, every state can have their own little caveats and laws about this stuff right now. So, you know, you'll see when we do payment processing on this side of the risk parameters that there's a long list of documentation that's required. There's a long list if you're doing an e-commerce site, there's a long list of Internet requirements that are required 
one of the new ones, it's not so new, but um, is the age check. When you sign into a CBD hemp or cannabis type of business onto their website, they, they ask how old you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a requirement from the bank. You wouldn't think that the bank would require it, but they do because it's keeping them safer. Um, and then you have all these websites that, well, what's the age? Some states it has to be 18. Some states it has to be 21. So the banks come out and say, okay, it has to be 21 because that way we cover all 50 states. So they're, they're going to want to take all of that into account before they pull the trigger on it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess what do you do? So how does a company kind of both deal with the current situation as well as prepare itself for taking advantage of future change? I mean, is it, what, what do you need to do in terms of how you set up your business or how do you set up your payments or your banking? Like, what are some of the things that you can be kind of for forward thinking? Yeah. For, for banking, what's going to happen is if you already have an existing account with a bank that's safe, um, probably within the first five to six months of that act going down, you're going to see your rates drop drastically, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yay. So make sure that your bank, you know, is right up there with all the changes and everything. So if I owned a cannabis business, and the Safe Bank Act goes through, within 30 days, I am calling to every bank known to man to see if I can get letter, better rates and what the services that will be offered and if they'll take the account knowingly. That would be one thing because, you know, some banks might say, oh, no, we've been doing this for years. They're going to stay loyal. And it's really stupid in my viewpoint. But, you know, businesses want to save money wherever they can. So I would start looking for a bank within 30 days. Keep the old one. But, you know, look at your options. For payment processing, find out who you're working with. And what I mean by that is a lot of these, and it happens, it happened when um, Elevon was doing payment processing for CBD at low rates. Everyone and their mother starts coming out and thinking that they're a payment processor. (laughs) Um, Joe Schmo from the corner thinks that he can do payment processing and offer you a solution. And notice I said a solution. What happens is that you're going to have all these people coming into the marketplace in the flood, and you want to make sure that whoever you're working with has multiple solutions, number one, because as things change, you want to be able to take advantage of it, whether it be lower rates or, you know, low, low rates. You want to work with someone who you know has multiple pies to pick from, basically. And then you also want to see how long they've been in business, because if they weren't in business six months ago, Chances are they might not be in business six months from now when you need help. Yeah. You know, so those are really important things. And work with someone who knows the industry. You know, not all payment processors are created equal when it comes to whether they know high risk versus low risk. There was an, there's an association I belong to, um, and they have a great communications channel, and it's, it's, it's like a message board. And a new payment processor signed in and immediately offered this cannabis association payment credit card payment processing for all their cannabis needs. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, you have a whole bunch of business people that are getting into the market that don't know that they can't do that possibly. And yeah. then you have someone coming in trying to, def- you know, definitely offer the wrong solution that will not work for them. So make sure that whoever you're working with is, you know, ingrained in the industry, can talk about the industry, actually knows what a COA is and what, you know, point three means and, um, you know, all those caveats. Make sure that they they do that. You know, we, we joke that um, there's really no one we can't place on the joint venture pay side of things. And we... I can't even, I probably have 14 different credit card solutions for hemp and CBD right now alone. Just, you know, every 
Buddy has their own little caveat, whether it be topicals and tinctures or whether it be, you know, just topicals, you can get a better rate there. So there's a lot of different solutions out there. You just need to know where you fit in. We have access to most of them. (laughs) That's why I have gray hair because I'm always looking for new ones. Um, And then on the cannabis side, you know, I've got two to three different point of banking solutions just in case. I have two different ACH solutions just in case. Just in case, yeah. Yeah, because that is when you're on the high risk side and when you're working in the hemp and cannabis side, you want to have just in cases. So if you're working with someone who doesn't have a just in case, just hang up because it's not worth your time. It's not worth your time, your aggravation. It's just, it, you need to have, be able to rely on, you know what, this just went down, but we have another solution for you. God forbid mm-hmm. something go down. Please don't, please don't put that in the universe. I do not need anything going down right now. So. <laughs> Exactly. Let's yeah. not tempt anything. That, uh, yeah, don't tempt, don't tempt fate. That would be, uh, please, people send me products so I can relax. Yeah. <laughs> Requirement of any any new uh, account is a full line of new <laughs> sample products. <laughs> send me samples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Michelle, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Joint Venture Pay, what's the best way to get that information? So our website is jointventurepay.com. It's very original. JointVenturePay.com. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. I'm on Alignable as well as uh, as our company. So you can reach up on any of those platforms to me or our company, and we'd be more than happy to help you. We have we have account officers all over the country. We're a nationwide company. So yeah, if you need a bank, I know that's going to be really popular. Oh, you have banks you can connect us to. (laughs) Even more than payment processing, I get that. Oh, you can connect us to a bank. Like exactly. Um, so if you need, you know, need that assistance, if you need to find a bank that's safe for you, or if you need to even vet a payment processing solution that's been sent to you, we, I yeah. vet them all the time. I had one customer, I swear, he loves to empty his inbox out to me. We, I'm like, oh, look at this one. Um, you know, if it's legit, we'll tell you. I'll probably try to find it so I can get it into my arsenal. <laughs> but yeah. Nine times out of ten, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, we do that all day long and we're happy to do so because we really, we love this industry. So, yeah. That's great. I'll make sure all the information is in the show notes. Michelle, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Well, thank you for having me. Anytime you all need help, just give me a call. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.